0: Welcome to Truth and Reconciliation with Bukishonuga. This program inspired by the brutal murder of George Floyd presents the African diaspora perspectives on the transatlantic slave trade and institutionalized racism in America. The topic today, how does cultural identity impact race and racism in America? My guest is Charles Cooper. Charles is a Liberian American and a a community leader that has been at the forefront of the launching of social impact initiatives, focusing on the management of startups and operational programs, growth, and expansion of mature firms. Charles, thank you so much for taking the time, and welcome to Truth and Reconciliation. Uh, thank you, uh, Bogie. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah. So again, uh, going back to this topic, how does cultural identity impact race and racism in America? Uh, given your background as a Liberian-American How do you identify and how does this impact your social and professional interactions in America?
1: Uh, You know, um, when I think about um, social identity, I see it as a multidimensional framework, right? Uh, Where you have various things that go into that gumbo, everything from nationality to ethnicity to social class um, to even um, food um and there 's a from that framework, I think individuals have an opportunity to either see it from their standpoint or see it from the eyes of um others and for me I think i 've been very lucky uh, in my life to so, to see the interaction and to see race um, from um my personal standpoint um uh, so for me, I identify as a, as an African, uh, an African that have had um, certain opportunities in life, and um, and I identify with the black experience, the global black experience um, that's outside of Africa, and that struggles as well because those same struggles are the struggles that uh, today we face in Africa, and it's a and it's the struggle of. Um, freedom and liberty and uh, when I say freedom um, I personally define freedom as a way uh, a way to go about your life uh, but also um, the ability to dictate your future and I think it's one of those freedoms that um, we as um, Blacks um, have not achieved yet, whether it's on the continent or out in the diaspora.
0: Thank you, Charles. Now, when, do you, um, when did you first learn about racism? I mean, how, how did that manifest? Well, you, you know, interesting story. Um, so uh,
1: my, my family, um, we fled Liberia during the Civil War a civil war that lasted um over a decade uh from Liberia we went to Sierra Leone um the war spilled over to Sierra Leone and then we came to the United States um i remember my um my first my first experience was um uh, we we was in New York City um i think we were in Queens visiting um cuz we stayed in New York for a while and uh visiting Friends and family, and I was outside. Um, at that time, I was a young man, you know, um, very fresh off the boat, as some would say. And um, these kids was going by, and they said, "African booty scratcher," right? Mm-hmm. And um, um, so, so I would say that that was my first sense of racism, even though I did not understand exactly what that meant at the time, mm-hmm. um, but. That will be my first experience of um, of racism, and you know the, the negative impact of the self hate that exists within um, you know the black race at times.
0: Right, I I I, I get it. I, as an African immigrant myself, you know these racist codes, such as you just expressed, are examples of how. You know, if you don't recognize something, so you're not going to be able to identify when it's being used to describe you and so on, in, in the case, the example you just cited. Now, before you came to the US, you were born in Liberia, correct? Yes. Uh, from the time you were born until the time you left Liberia and, uh, to come to America, was there any uh, history of slavery or racism in any of the curricula? uh in your you know basic i mean elementary education
1: if there was i did not experience it um i would say i was you know i was one of the fortunate ones in liberia to have you know access um and i think at times access shields you uh, from some of those things um but the lack of access you know brings all those things to your awareness And I think that speaks towards, um, you know, um, living in Liberia um, when I was very young to move into the U.S. where, you know, there was, you know, the access that I had um, did not exist anymore. Um, And I'm now faced with the reality of um, growing up in the U.S. and not having much. And, um, you know, and then seeing the institutional racism as it now impacts not only myself, but folks around me. Uh, but in, in Liberia, um, now, I'm not sure if you know the history uh, for your viewers. right? right. But, you know, um, yeah, Liberia has an interesting history because, you, you know, um, some of Liberia, the countries where it's originally started by um, free men and women from the Caribbean and the U.S. that, you know, moved to Liberia after the Emancipation Proclamation. Right. Um, unfortunately, there's a there is a ugly past because um, it's not as if they settled on a land that wasn't already inhabited. You know, it was inhabited by the natives, um, and they brought that same style of colonization um, ideals to um, to Liberia, and there was there's a long history of, of fighting between the natives and uh, and the folks from abroad. Um, which led to several civil wars in Liberia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, that history of Liberia, I, I was, I eventually became privy to it um, later on in life when I no longer lived in Liberia. Mm. Um, and I'm pretty sure, it, you know, it may have been in the history books, but at that time, you know, I was, you know, I was very young, um, and you know, like I said before, I was,
0: I was sheltered from a lot of that information. Um, so. So when you, and thank you, you know, for, for that history background. So when you say sheltered though, were you sheltered by your family or is it something that's just, uh, um, the government did not like most parts in Africa that were colonized and other parts of the world. Part of what I would really love to dive into with you and other guests that I plan to bring to the show that, um, across Africa, the colonialists uh, i believe in concert with the African uh, government or leaders at some point must have played a role in ensuring that this you know historical facts did not make it to textbooks so when you say you were sheltered, yeah. you know i mean uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah 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 so i I think um I, I think um just to um stand your point um mm-hmm. when I, when I say shelter. You know, I had a lot of opportunities when I was very young in Liberia mm-hmm. and my family was well off. Um, so, a lot of those things okay. we did not personally discuss in right. the schools that I went to. Uh, they didn't discuss that. You know, the curriculum itself was more of, um, you know, uh, this is this is how the country started up. You know, um, this is the first president, mm-hmm. et cetera um we, we we did not get to the graphic parts of liberia where you know you you have one group of folks who, who was the majority um fighting for you know their land that you know these foreigners have come in and are it as theirs. um but but i i think i think what can also add to this discussion is um you know i had an opportunity to work in liberia for about 2 years uh-huh. and my my work was with um was within um the education system uh basically i was doing this research quantitative qualitative research on um the impact of the curriculum the teaching curriculum on students mm-hmm. so i had opportunity to and i led that um through um USAID and at that time, one of the largest NGOs um, in the world Hmm. um, um, uh, who was funded by USAID. Hmm. Um, And the the project was called Liberia Teaching Training Program, LTTP. Hmm. It was a national program um, that I had an opportunity to lead. Um, But I think this speaks towards um, the, the discussion at hand, whether you know, the curriculum actually, um, actually avail some of these information that, you know, it is our history, you know, uh, this, this forms of, there's certain forms of colonization, uh, that even though it may not be called colonization, it is colonization. Um, and I think the history books, um, they talk about the struggle, um, between, um, between um, the indigenous Liberians and um, the new Liberians that came in Mm -hmm. uh, from the Americas. Um, But it doesn't go in depth of the pervasive nature that existed and was facilitated by the Americas. You Mm -hmm. you know, uh, when it comes to, you know, governance of the country, when it, when it, when it uh, comes to leadership of the country and you know, who really dictated who will become the next leader of the country and therefore impacting the policies and therefore impacting you know, folks on the ground, uh, citizens on the ground hmm. uh, of a country where you know, there's, a, there's some of a shadow government from outside. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's the point now in a lot of African countries that they clearly understand that they clearly understand that, you know, although that government quote unquote uh, may be, you know, leading a country, they're still, um, they're still secondary to the primary government, whether it, it be, you know, from, you know, the Americas or whether it be from Europe, um, that they understand that their government are more beholden to external governments mm-hmm. than their citizens. Um, but I think it also begs the question, okay, well, since folks understand that, you know, you would think that they would, you know, ask for greater liberties of their country, and why are they not asking for greater liberties of the country. And I, I think, you know, part of it is a sense of helplessness. You know, um, mm-hmm. you, you, you look at majority of um, African countries, um, they really, quote unquote, have gotten their independence. However you define independence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, only recently, uh, within the... It, 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 it hasn't really even been a century that they've gotten their independence, um they, they've they've never really had control of the government because they've always been um so much outside influenced by
0: foreign powers yeah uh,
1: of course yeah. so 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 is is a is a point where the governments that they've had to them have let them down so many so much time that it becomes um uh, well you, you know what uh, we'll deal with the um the the devil that we know than the devil that we don't know um and it puts anyone that thinks in that fashion um in a sense of helplessness and you know and not necessarily focusing on their best interest but what they need for that moment to get by
0: right absolutely thank you if you're listening to truth and reconciliation with bookie my guest today is charles cooper uh, we are speaking on how you identify, how cultural identity impacts race and racism in America. So Charles, coming from Liberia or being born in, in Liberia, do you belong to, do your family, do they belong to the indigenous Liberian group or these settled Liberians that were brought back uh, after slavery? Well, both. I both. see, okay. Yeah, yeah, both. Okay, so because that, I'm thinking... Or maybe you know. Let me just pose the question: Does that influence how you identify?
1: I, I think. I think. Um, it to to some extent it does. Mm-hmm. I I, I, think, I think I'm in a a rare position, um, because I I think when you're when you're within your circle, whether it's your circle of. Access or influence within a certain country, mm-hmm. you know, your, your perspective is very narrow. Um, but when you have had the opportunity to expand and see another point of view, it changes. And uh, and through my experiences and through my work mm-hmm. in Liberia, I've had the opportunity to not see it from a standpoint of privilege and access, but also see it from the other end of you know wanting what what everyone seemed to have, you, you know, right. because at the, at the end of the day, you know, every, everybody really wants an opportunity to be successful and to be able to dictate their future right. and to be able to provide for their children and to be happy. Right. It's, it's simple. I think it's across the board. You know, I think where, where the challenge lies is when, you know, when there's outside forces, that control the flow of these resources to folks. Right. So you have one group that, you, you know, because it's it's so limited, um, they hold on to it and they hold on to it tight. And then you have another group that don't have it at, at all, you know, and they're just trying to get by and they're looking for that opportunity also. Um, and I, I believe that this have. Uh, basically stunt the growth of Africa Mm -hmm. Um, because what we have is leadership that are so afraid to now invest in that country because they look at it as, well, you know, my time here is limited, you know, so I I must hoard as much as possible, you know, instead of thinking, well, how do we develop this country for the next 20, 40, 100 years? You know, I, and, and because of that short-sightedness, uh, we're, we're constantly, you know, we're constantly destroying, rebuilding, destroying, rebuilding, instead of investing.
0: Right. Now, back to the U.S., um, when you arrived here, then you set an example of how you first, someone said something that, that's racist, but well, you didn't know at that time that, that it was it was a racist phrase. As you live in the U.S., and in light of what's been developing lately, with uh, um, especially George Floyd's uh, murder or massacre, if you will, we're at a, at, a, at a point, like never before, when we talk about racism and race in America. Now, as, as a Liberian-American identifying as African, I think what you elaborated in the last few minutes it's shown us that uh, why you know you identify as African. So when someone says that they are African, it's not the race that we are connoting or communicating. Rather, being African speaks to everything you said in the last few minutes. Uh, why you identify as African? So living in America, how how do we as African immigrants then identify as black, which is Right. Do you know what I'm what I'm yeah, getting at? What, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, I understand.
1: Uh, I I I, I think it's not a choice, right? Right. Um, because you, you know, um, when you when you're driving your vehicle and you're stopped by law enforcement, um, whether you don't identify as black or not, um, the interaction between law enforcement and you. Um, you, you, you would immediately understand that, you know, this is how they see you. Um, I'll, I'll give you a, a short story. So a good friend of mine um, from undergrad, uh, uh, we graduated, he got married, and he moved, he and his wife moved out of the neighborhood um, that they grew up in um, to a to a white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And the first week there, um, while driving, and these folks are professionals, you know, uh, while driving to their house, uh, there was in a driveway, and it got stopped by um, law enforcement, you know, and and basically, you know, the interaction that from there, they were shocked because law enforcement didn't believe they lived in the neighborhood. They didn't believe there was their house. Thought they were actually robbers. Hmm. you know and and they went through you know all this back and forth um and the law enforcement verifying from neighbors uh before they let them go right so right. i I'll give that short story and this is this is this is one of many stories right. that I think being black in the u s um that you face you, you know um, so i so I, I think even if you don 't identify. You have to identify. Right. So I, 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 you know, I, identify as African, but I, I identify, I identify with the Black experience in America as well. Right. Um. And with respect to um, George Floyd, you know, um, th- this this has been happening for a very long time. This, it, it, you know, it's it's just, um you know, with what happened with George Floyd and everything else <clears throat> have come to an intersection right. um, to where you get, you know, and, and, uh, a blow up as we've seen, you know. Uh, but, you know, George Floyd is 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 not the first and he will not be the last. Unfortunately, because, you know, part of I believe, part of why this um, have come to um, a point in which things exploded is you know you have certain elements um that have been impacting um blacks um, in America for a very long time, but it 's now impacting whites you know um and in which I believe it has to do with economics see um the thing is that you know the um when you, when you think about privilege um in america um america um seems to have different grades of privilege um with priority given to um one race compared to another um and that was the case for many decades you, you, you know right. uh and and other groups, other foreign groups, um, such as the Italians, the Irish, you know, when they first came here, they didn't have the privilege, but their skin color eventually gave them the privilege, right. and they and they were allowed into the privileged group, uh, but uh, but the black folks were not. Right. Well, and and, and, and I'll, wrap, I'll wrap this point up quickly. Um, but I think we we're coming to a point where the um economic ground is gradually evening out, and that privilege may not be as as worth as much as it used to be and I think it's scary for a lot of folks right you know i I think part of the explosion you know encompasses that as well
0: right I, I, absolutely and I, I, there's so much to talk about uh and I want to touch on. You know, so there's additional points before you know, we wrap up. You were given an example of how you know what happened to your friends when they moved into this neighborhood. So the point to that is that when we come to America as African immigrants and we are, I mean, in my case, for instance, I, I've never identified with black when I first came here. I did not see myself as black. I never saw myself as black because black is a color. So what even that means as black as a color, as a construct, it's something that we found out years later we arrived here that is a construct but we did not identify as black we identify as african or liberian or nigerian not african sorry nigerian liberian or somalian or whatever whichever country we might have come from so it's after we have we, we live in america after we have been in this system for a while this is for instance where i began to learn about i mean about racism or even slavery i did not know anything about about race construct or racism until i arrived in this country and certain things that happened to me as well i'll give you an example uh i was working at a restaurant back in the day and um there's this white uh manager at this restaurant that used to call me buckwheat uh, because my name is bucala so they call me booking so i didn't realize that at that time that what those kind of like um like you said before this racist racism code that we are not familiar with we don't even know when someone used certain phrase that they're being racist or they're being offensive we because we we're not we're not aware of all of those things so when there's um i think there was a, a a a movie i can't remember what the movie is called um uh, it was the sitcom or comic comic something like that <laughs> a sitcom called little rascal that was the, that that yeah. was where that character came from I did not know when someone called me, when that woman was referring to me as Buckwheat or calling me that, that that was what she was saying. There was another lady at the restaurant that, you know, that's black, that we used to get so mad at her that she should not say that to me again because I, didn't, I wasn't offended by it because I didn't know what it is. So all of that to say that we did not know any of these things or racism codes until we come here in and interact in this system. And uh, again, like you say, we don't have a choice but to identify as black and African, that's where the African American comes in or Nigerian American or Liberian American and so on. It is very important in my view that we uh, continue to identify, of course, as, as African or as you know, whatever country we come from, or maybe as African, that, that is really, really very important. But the divide and conquer uh, um, context of this is that when we come here and we see ourselves as Africans, and we've been fed so many stereotypes about African-Americans and, and, and you know, and again, the risk construct and, and the ghettos and the projects and so on. So we've been taught to also discriminate against our African-American brothers and sisters because we came from Africa. That's the way the system has been set up. So in that light, in your professional, you know, experience and, you know, interactions with African-Americans when you first came here and up to date, how was it then? How did you view, you know, African-American brothers and sisters, then that you were innocent about this whole racism thing? And how, how do you, how, how has your, your, your thought or your interactions evolved from, from then, from then to now? Mm.
1: Yeah. I, I I think, uh, I think you, um, you touched on certain points that, um, um, that that hits around the head. Um, in 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 Africa, you're you, you know you're fed a lot of different things about African Americans. Um, and you know I, I, I remember growing up, you know you you always you learn that any information you get, some may be true, but some may be false. Right. You know. Uh, uh, but us as humans, we you know. We, we you know we stick to what is is seem to make sense to us, whether it's the right thing or not. Um, so when when I first when I first came to the U.S., I I, I personally didn't interact with well. I shouldn't say that. Uh, my relationships that I built was more with the Caribbean community and the uh, um, and the African community because it was easier to relate uh, to that experiences and also i think uh, gro- um, living in the city you know you you, you see certain aspects um you see certain aspect of the african-american experience and the negative parts of that that you know you try to stay away from um, not understanding why Right now, understanding that um, that, you know, did, this is group that have had um, opportunities that they, they've had that economic strength. They've had, you know, a lot of different issues in America, uh, which have brought them to a certain situation that they currently face. Um, everything from Timothy Hill to the Black Wall Street. You know, all, mm-hmm. all all these experiences where, you know, the wealth, uh, redlining in their communities right. caused them to fall into this experience of right. of of of, of somewhat of, of a depression. You, you know. But when you first come here you don't understand that. Right. You don't understand that until you know you've done your you've done a certain level of research um yourself. And also, you know, um some you know African Americans may not even understand that why they 're in this situation in america um that you know it's it 's not just because you know one race is better than the other race it's because you know there's there's just been systemic pressures that have caused you know especially when I came here you know the city um the inner city was was a blighted area. Huh. You know, there was a lot of drugs, there was a lot of gangs, uh-huh. you know. Um, there's a lot of the, um social ills uh, were happening in the city, you know. And coming in and seeing that, you know, you're, you're sort of taken back.
0: So much to talk about, but we're out of time. My guest is Charles Cooper. Thank you for stopping by, Charles. This has been Truth and Reconciliation with Bookishonaga. See you next time.